Thank you for listening to the South Metro Ministries podcast. We hope it's been a blessing to you wherever you are. For more information about South Metro Ministries, please visit smmcog.com. The title of my message this morning is Walk This Way. Kind of struggled with this word all week long because I knew the devil didn't want me to bring it. But I'm going to bring what the Holy Spirit has me to bring. How many of you know that as Christians, there is a way that we have been called to walk in the midst of this world? There is a way that we have been called to act and a way we have been called to talk and a way we have been called to dress and a way we have been called to behave in the midst of this world. There is a way that we have been called to live and move and breathe as born-again believers, as sons and daughters in the midst of this wicked and wayward world. As a matter of fact, the Word of God is filled with scriptures that we'll look at this morning that tell us that we are to walk this way and talk this way and dress this way and think this way and behave this way. Word of God tells us that we are to walk in love and we are to walk in faith. That we are to walk in purity and we are to walk in righteousness. Tells us that all filthiness of speech and coarse jesting and vulgarity shouldn't even be named among us, but rather speech that is befitting a saint. Speech that is suitable for the mouth of a believer speech that is decent and proper coming out of the mouth of a so-called Christian. Philippians 2.15 reminds us that we are to walk blameless and pure in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, that we are to walk without spot or wrinkle, blameless and pure, even though we are surrounded by all sorts of evil. He said walk blameless and pure, even though you are surrounded by sin and surrounded by sinfulness and surrounded by iniquity and surrounded by unrighteousness, even though you are in the midst of a crooked and a perverse generation, I have called you to walk blameless and pure, in the midst of them, among whom we are to shine as lights in this world, among whom we are to stand out, church, among whom we have been called to be set apart. How many of you know we've been called to be set apart from this crooked and perverse generation? We are to be walk in such a way that we are obviously different. It's what I want to talk to you about this morning, walking in a manner that is worthy of the Lord, walking in the light as He is in the light, walking in purity and righteousness and in truth in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. How many of you know we're living in a sin-soaked society? We're living among a perverse people and a crooked generation. All you have to do is turn on the TV set. All you have to do is walk down the street. All you have to do is look at Hollywood. All you have to do is look at who we call stars and who we look up to in this world, church. We're living in a flesh-filled world that walks according to the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, that walks according to its own impulses and its own earthly desires. And the sad reality is the house of God is filled with individuals that are walking the same exact way. They're walking in a manner that is not worthy of the title Christian. They're not walking in a manner that is worthy of the title son or daughter of the Most High God. They are not walking blameless and they are not walking in purity, church. But they are allowing themselves to be stained by the sins of this world, even in the house of God. That's why the Lord spoke to the church 2,000 years ago or 1,500 years ago and why He's speaking to the church once again this morning and He is saying, walk this way. Walk in a manner that is worthy of the Lord. Walk in a manner that is befitting of the saints, not conformed to this world, not to walk in a way that is like this world or that is a representation of this world, but you are to walk blameless 
and in a manner that is pleasing to the Lord. Walk this way is what the Holy Spirit is speaking to the church this morning. It is the message that we will hear this morning as well. But before we do, how many of you know we need God's covering? I know we've come to worship God and we've worshipped Him in song and we've worshipped Him in word. But I want you to understand this morning that the greatest way that we can worship God is by the way we walk. The greatest way that you can magnify the Lord and praise the Lord is by, by, by the, the, the purity of your footsteps and the, and the way of you, the, the path that <clears throat> excuse me you decide to walk. We're going to ask God this morning to be with us. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Father God, that you are with us. I thank you, Father God, that as we sang, that without you we're nothing, but with you we are everything. We, with you we are the righteousness of God. With you we are more than conquerors. With you we can do all things, Father God. We can walk in purity with you. We can walk in holiness with you. We can walk in truth and righteousness with you, God. But without you, we cannot be who you've called us to be. So this morning, I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill this place. I pray, Father God, that you would fill every word that comes forth from my lips and from my mouth. That you would fill it, Father God, with the anointing of your Holy Spirit. God, that you would be in control of everything that is said and everything that is done in this house. Come against every distraction. Come against every hindering and slumbering spirit, God. Give us ears to hear this morning. Give us hearts that are willing to receive this word, as difficult as it might be, because it has the power to change and transform our lives. We ask that you would be glorified, God. Arrest me this morning. Bring me under your authority and under your control. And I pray the same for everyone that's listening this morning, be it here or anywhere else, God that your will would be done in Jesus' mighty and powerful name and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. You know, amen means so be it. So, so be the word of God this morning. Amen. I'm sure many of you, upon hearing my title, Walk This Way, were instantly reminded of Stephen Tyler and his Aerosmith song, about a high school boy who was being encouraged by a promiscuous high school cheerleader to walk a certain way and to talk a certain way and to behave a certain way in order to satisfy her lustly desires. If you know nothing about that song, it is about a a promiscuous high school cheerleader trying to get a young man to walk a certain way and to talk a certain way and to walk according to the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and according to the pride of life. But I'm not here to talk about walking like Steven Tyler this morning, according to the futility and the darkness of his mind. I'm not talking about walking in a way that's pleasing to a high school cheerleader. I'm not here encouraging us to walk according to the lust of the flesh or the lust of the eyes like Aerosmith's song does. I'm here to remind us this morning that we are to walk in a manner that is pleasing to the Lord. I'm here reminding us this morning that as born-again believers, as Christians, as sons and daughters of the Most High God... There is a way that we are to walk that is nothing like this world. The truth is there is a way that we are to talk that sounds nothing like this world. There's a way that we are to live and move and breathe and behave in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation that is nothing like this world, church. We are to walk like children of the light, the Word of God says, shining in the darkness. But the sad reality is, far too many individuals, even in the house of God, are hiding that light. And they're walking in darkness instead. They're walking in the darkness of their own lust. 
hearts. They're walking in the darkness of their own greed. They're, they're walking in the darkness of earthly passions and earthly desires, church. And instead of walking in the light, they are walking in impurity and in unrighteousness, church. They are not walking blameless and not walking pure. And they are not shining the light of Christ in the house of God and in this world. There's too many individuals in the house of God that are like that dirty wick that needs to be trimmed. And if you know anything, church, about a wick in in an oil lamp is that if you don't trim it and you don't keep it clean, it will not burn pure and it will not burn bright and it will not do what has it been created to do. You see, the reason God is bringing this word this morning is there's some individuals in the house of God that need to trim the wick this morning so that they might shine like Jesus Christ, that their life might burn not with impurities, but with purity, that the light and the reflection of the Father not be tainted by the lust of the flesh, church, tainted by the impurities of this world. Paul wrote to the church. Please get that. He wrote to the church. In Ephesians 5, 8, and he said, For you were once darkness. You were once part of darkness. You were once darkness itself. But now you are light in the Lord. Therefore, walk as children of the light. Walk as children of God. Live like children of God. Please understand, when I use the word walk, I'm not just talking about your literal footsteps. I'm talking about the life that you live. I'm talking about the thoughts that you think. I'm talking about the intention of your heart. I'm talking about the thoughts that you think and and the, the, the attitude that you have and the lifestyle that you live. And Jesus, or God in this passage, is saying you once were in darkness, but now you are in the light. So therefore, I call you to walk as children of the light. Live like children of the light. Dress like children of the light. Talk like children of the light. Behave like children of the light. For the fruit of the light, the Bible says, is goodness and righteousness and truth. And you should be proving what is well-pleasing unto the Lord by the way that you walk. You should be proving to this world by the way you walk who you belong to and who you are. You should be proving that you are children of the light in the midst, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. When you and I walk out into that world, we should stand out for Jesus. When you and I walk out into that crooked and perverse generation, we should be set apart like the Bible says. And we should touch no unclean thing. And he shall be our God and we shall be his people, the Bible says. Listen, you want him to be your God and you want to be his child? You want to be blessed like his child? Don't touch the unclean thing. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world or the culture of this world. Don't live and move and breathe like this world. Be set apart. Walk this way, God said. How many of you know the way you walk? The way we walk says a lot about us. It speaks volumes as to who we are and to whom we belong. When you walk with your chest puffed out, your shoulders back, head held hot, says a lot about who you are. It says a lot about to whom you might belong. When you walk slouched over. And you're all closed in and your head's held low. It says a lot about who you are. It says a lot about to whom you belong. When you walk with a strut, uh-huh, a little wagon of the arm. It says a lot about who you are. It says a lot about to whom you belong. When you walk around with your drawers drooping halfway down your legs. And your underwear showing for everyone to see says a lot about who you are. And it says a lot about to whom you belong. Walk around with your nose stuck up high in the air. 
says a lot about who you are, and it says a lot about to whom you belong. When you walk around in immodest apparel, skin-tight clothing that shows more flesh than it should, says a lot about who you are, and it says a lot about to whom you belong. So one of the first questions that the Holy Spirit asks this morning is, who do we walk like, church? Who do we talk like? Who do we look like? Who do we behave like? When people look at our lives and they listen to our speech and they watch the pattern of our behavior, who do they think we belong to? Do they think we belong to this world? Or is it evident by the way we walk that we belong to God? Do they think that we belong to impurity, to the flesh? To this world? Or do they think and know by the way that we walk that we belong to the Holy Spirit, to heaven and to God? Do they think we belong to the lie that society is is speaking to us and to the Father of lies? Or do they think and know by the way that we walk and by the way our light shines that we belong to the truth, that we are children of truth and children of light? Because the way we walk, church, again, not just our foot but our pattern of life says a lot about who we are and to whom we belong. Some of us walk through life acting like we belong to the spirit of pride instead of belonging to the spirit of humility. And we need to change that, church, because we have been called to walk this way. And I'll explain that way as we go. The reality is Scripture makes it clear in Ephesians chapter 5 that if we call ourselves His children, we are to walk as His children. That we are to not walk as children of the dark. That we are not to walk as children of carnality. That we are not to walk as children of pride or impurity or of the flesh or of this world. But we are to walk as children of light. 1 John 1.16 says, If we say we have fellowship with the Father. You understand what that means? If we say with our mouth, you see, a lot of us are good at saying, but we're not good at doing. We're, we're real great at saying and singing how valuable God is to us and how precious God is to us and how wonderful and awesome God is to us and what kind of connection we have with God, but it isn't proven by the way that we walk in life. It's too difficult for this world to, to tell to whom we belong. But First John 1, 6 said, if we say we have fellowship with Him, if we say we're part of the family of God, if we say we're sons and daughters of the Most High God, and yet walk in darkness, this isn't my words, this is the Word of God, and yet walk in darkness, then you lie. So what that tells me in my limited mental capacity is that if we say that we belong to God and yet walk in darkness, we are living a lie. We are nothing but make-believe Christians that don't have the power to do diddly squat out there in a lost and dying world. If we say we have fellowship with Him, we ought to walk like we have fellowship with Him. We ought to talk like we got fellowship with the Father. We ought to behave. We ought to live and move and breathe like we are connected, church, to the King of kings and Lord of lords. That's how we have been called to walk. Walk this way. The world will tell you to walk that way and that way and this way and that way. But God is saying, walk this way. Walk in a manner, continue in Ephesians 5, he says, walk in a manner that is pleasing to him in all respects, bearing the fruit of goodness and righteousness and truth, increasing in the knowledge of God. Increasing in the knowledge of God. How many of you know this is the knowledge of God? Spirit of God, will of God, word of God, knowledge of God. Anything you want to know about God, you can find in here. So what this passage tells me is that if I am not increasing in the knowledge of God, if I am not increasing in the Word of God, if I am not increasing in my understanding of the Word of God, that I cannot walk pleasing to Him. 
that I cannot be pleasing to him in all respects, that I cannot bear the fruit of righteousness or goodness or purity in my life if I am not rooted and established and grounded in the precious word of the living God. If you're not rooted in the soil of our Savior, it's what this is. You can't bear fruit. Well, let me say it this way. You can't bear righteous fruit. You can bring forth all kinds of worldly fruit, but you cannot bring forth the fruit of the Spirit. You cannot bring forth the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, gentleness, self-control. You cannot bring forth the fruit of purity if you are not established in the Word. Listen, one of the reasons so many of God's people are struggling in sin, struggling with impurity, struggling with their walk, struggling, shining their light, is because they are not established in the Word of God. They are not rooted in the Word of God. They are not increasing in their knowledge of the Word of God. Please understand that word. You have not arrived None of us have arrived. Paul said, I have not arrived. That's why we must continue to increase in our knowledge and understanding of God. If you think you've arrived, I feel sorry for you. Because the race isn't over and we're not done. You must continue increasing in the knowledge of God. I'm not here to condemn anybody this morning, but I'm telling you that if you are a Sunday-only Christian, you're not increasing If you're a Sunday morning only Christian, you are not increasing in your faith and you are not increasing in your spiritual maturity. You need to be investing in the Word every single day of the week. Why do you think we do Monday night men? Why do you think we do Monday night prayer? Why do you think we have ladies Bible study and men's Bible study? Why do you think we open up the door on Wednesday night for the family, for adults in the sanctuary and kids and and the youth? It's because we have been called to continue in the Word of God, increasing in the knowledge of God. Well, Sunday is good enough for me. It's not good enough for God. Because He's called you to walk differently, church. And if you think that you can walk in purity, and if you think you can walk in righteousness and truth without the truth even being established in your life, and you only hear 45 minutes of it on a Sunday morning, you cannot walk the way God has called you to walk. Sad reality is 2,000 years ago, 1,500 years ago in the house of God, it was filled with individuals who were not walking in a manner that was well-pleasing to the Father. And it's why Paul had to write to almost every New Testament church, walk this way, because they were not walking in a manner that was worthy of the Lord. Because they were allowing the things of the world, especially the sexual things of this world, the sensuality of the world and the, the carnality of the world and the flesh of the world to penetrate even into the house of God. And he had to write these words to them, walk this way and talk this way and behave this way. Because the things of the world made themselves into the house of God. And the reality is, there are many that are still not walking well today in the house of God because they are not established in the Word of God or they don't care about the Word of God. Please understand, God wrote these words to the church because the church then and now was walking in sexual immorality and sexual impurity. They were walking according to the lusts of the flesh and the lusts of the eyes and the pride of life. And they're still doing it in the house of God today. They're still looking at pornography. They're still uh, committing fornication. They're still sleeping around. They're still shacking up. They're still giving themselves away to someone that's not their spouse, church. They're still playing around with homosexuality and lesbianism. Please understand, this is not some new thing. This was from the beginning of time that men were giving themselves to the lustful desires of the flesh. And it's why Paul wrote to the church and God spoke to the church and said, That is not how you are supposed to walk. You are to walk in righteousness and in purity, church. He spoke these words to the church and yet it seemed like they did not care. It seemed like they don't care even then and even today what the Word of God has to say about our lifestyles, church. Again, listen, I'm not here to condemn. 
But when 74% of all black children are born out of wedlock, when 66% of all Native American Indian children are born out of wedlock, when 55% of all Hispanic children are born out of wedlock, when 30% of all white children are born out of wedlock, something is terribly and horribly wrong in the house of God. When 50% of all children that are born into, into society in the United States of America are done so outside of wedlock, something is terribly and horribly wrong. What it tells me is that someone doesn't care what the Word of God has to say. Someone doesn't care what the will of God is. Listen, those statistics don't just include the world. They include the house of God. They include the people of God. And God is saying to the church, do not walk that way. Do not live that way. Walk in a manner that is pleasing to me. And those statistics are not pleasing to the Lord. What that tells me is that someone's steps, someone's heart, someone's attitude, someone's lifestyle is not established in the Word of God. Or they don't care what the Word of God has to say. For some reason, society thinks that they can take their sexual life and pull it outside of their spiritual life and do what they want in their bedroom and do what they want in their body and think they can still come into the house of God and worship God and praise God and adore God. Yeah, it's a hard word. You can throw tomatoes if you want to. But I'm not here to please a high school cheerleader. I'm here to please the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And this is a word that the Holy Spirit feels we need to hear, so we need to listen to what He says. We need to care what the Word of God says. Jeremiah had to deal with this same sort of people. In Jeremiah 6.15, he speaks to this very issue when it says, They weren't ashamed of their detestable conduct. When he said they, he wasn't talking about the world. When he said they, he was talking about his people. They, the chosen people. They, the royal priesthood. They, the holy nation, weren't ashamed of their detestable conduct. And it goes on to tell tell us that when they were confronted concerning their sin... When they were confronted concerning their dark deeds, when they were confronted concerning their impurity or the impurity that they allowed into their life, it says they didn't even know how to blush. Didn't even know how to blush. They were so saturated in the culture of the world, in the ways of the world. They were so saturated in the, in the impulses or so given to the impulses of their flesh that they didn't even blush when they were confronted with them, church. They actually confronted Jeremiah. How dare you, Jeremiah? How dare you talk to me about my personal life? How dare you preach to me about adultery? How dare you preach to me about fornication? How dare you tell me who I can sleep with and not sleep with? How dare you tell me how to live my life, Jeremiah? How dare you? They were stubborn in their sin, and they said, How dare you tell me what I can do with my body? How dare you get up in my business and tell me how I'm supposed to live my life? How dare you, Jeremiah, tell me what I'm allowed to do behind my own closed doors? And the sad reality is the same is true today in the house of God. You see, the reality is Pastor and I can preach till we're blue in the face concerning the impurity that has made its way into the house of God. And a lot of people just don't care. They're not moved. They're not ashamed. They're not broken over the things that break God's heart. They don't weep. They don't blush. They're actually stubborn in their sin. And they do the same exact thing as... The people did to Jeremiah. How dare you preach about this this morning? How dare you confront me about my sexual lifestyle and my sexual choices? How dare you talk to me about who I date and who I marry and 
even though they're unequally yoked. How dare you tell me who I'm allowed to lay down with? How dare you talk to me about my lesbianism or my homosexuality? How dare you get up in my business this morning? How dare you tell me what I'm allowed to do behind my own closed doors? How dare you tell me that I can't sleep around? How dare you tell me what I can do with my body? How dare you tell me I can't have an abortion? It's my body and I can do with it as I please. But I beg to differ this morning. Because if you say you have fellowship with Him... If you say you have fellowship with the Father, if you say you've got fellowship with Jesus, you are not your own. You've been bought with a price, and you are to glorify God in your body. Hallelujah. You're to glorify Him in the decisions that you make. You're to glorify Him in the words that you speak and the thoughts that you think and the places that you go and the people you hang out with. You're to glorify Him. Thank you. It's the Holy Spirit, church. And he who has an ear needs to hear what the Holy Spirit says this morning. This is not my word. This is a word that the Holy Spirit put in my heart, and He knows that there is someone, I don't care if it's one person, that needs to hear this word, but I believe we all need to hear it because we got to start walking in a manner that is worthy of the Lord. Please understand this morning, it is a detestable thing for God's children to walk in sexual immorality and sexual impurity. It is a detestable thing for God's holy children to sleep around outside of marriage. It is a detestable thing for us to shack up and give ourselves to someone that we have not committed or made a covenant to under the eyes of God Almighty. Under the marriage covenant, it is a detestable thing to send naked images of yourself over your phone. Or to post them up on the web for everybody to see. It's a detestable thing for us to experiment or practice with lesbianism. No matter how chic the world says it is. Please understand the wicked, evil, foul spirit that is working in our society. It is trying to make lesbianism chic. It's chic for a girl to kiss a girl today. But it is a detestable thing in the eyes of God. Walk this way. Talk this way. Not like the world, not like Stephen Tyler, but like Jesus Christ himself. Listen, it is a detestable thing when we walk according to the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, church. And we ought to be ashamed of it. We ought to be ashamed when we touch the unclean thing that God has called us to separate ourselves from. The holy people, chosen nation, a royal priesthood, it's who we are. And yet we're out there every day touching the unclean thing. Do not touch it, God said. And I will be your God. And you will be my people. God, why are you a million miles away? God, why don't you listen to my cries? God, why don't you see my circumstance? And why don't you see my situation? God, why are you ignoring me? Because our hands are dirty and our hearts are unclean. Because we're touching the unclean thing. And instead of being ashamed of it, Instead of being broken by it, how dare you, God, confront me about my sexual sin again, church? We try to separate it out for some reason because society tells you you can. We're listening to the lie instead of to the truth, church. And you need to understand the difference between the lie and the truth that the world will tell you to walk this way. And God will tell you to walk this way. And some of us are trying to do the, do the both. Oh, hold on to the devil and hold on to God and hold on to the world and hold on to the spirit. You know what God calls that spot right there? He calls it lukewarm. 
He said, I'd rather let go of you over here and you walk in the dark so I can deal with you the way you need to be dealt with so that you can come to your senses and come out of darkness like the prodigal son and come back into the light. But here we are in the middle. God says, I'll spit you out. Spit you out. Why? Because it's detestable. It is detestable, church. And it is not how the children of light are to walk in this world. Listen, I know it's a difficult word. And I know that some of you might find this offensive. But God finds our sexual sin even more offensive. He finds our impurity even more offensive. He finds our compromised church even more offensive. He finds pornography offensive, church. He finds fornication offensive. He finds adultery more than offensive because it's the breaking of a covenant that is supposed to reflect our covenant with God. He finds Harlequin romance novels that are filled with flesh and lustful thoughts offensive. He finds Cosmo magazine and all of the other ragazines that you find on the rack at the checkout. He finds them highly offensive because they're plastered with sexual images and sexual conversation, church. It's offensive to God. He finds soap operas offensive. That's an oxymoron because there's nothing clean about soap operas. They're filled with adultery. They're filled with characters that are sleeping around. They're filled with flesh. Listen, half the TV shows on TV are filled today with homosexual and lesbian characters. And (laughs) we laugh at it. We allow these things into our household when we should be ashamed of it. When we should be rebuking it and rejecting it and casting it out of our house. We put it on our TiVo so we don't miss it. And we wonder why God's power and anointing isn't flowing in our lives. We wonder why all hell is breaking loose. Because we're not walking this way. We ought to be ashamed at some of the characters we allow into our home through the television set, church. Oh, Jesus, help us. Help us, church. Help us, Holy Spirit. Help us. There are things that God finds offensive. According to Ephesians 5, 3 and 4, he finds all uncleanness, it says, and filthiness of conduct and speech extremely offensive. And it shouldn't even be named among us. It shouldn't be mentioned among us. Do you understand what that means? That means adultery shouldn't be named in the house of God. It means that fornication shouldn't even be be, be be talked about in the house of God like we're part of the statistics, but unfortunately we are. We are to be righteous representation of our Father. Amen? According to Ephesians 5.1, we are to be imitators of God as beloved children. But sadly, far too often we're a poor reflection of the Father. Far too often we're poor imitators of Jesus Christ. Far too often we fail to walk in a manner that is worthy of the Lord. Far too often we bring a reproach, the Bible says. And I'm going to ask them to come to the music because I'm going to start winding this down already. Far too often we bring a reproach upon the name of God and upon the house of God. And upon the people of God by the way we walk in life. By the decisions that we make and the things that we do. And again, I'm not here to smash anybody. That's the Holy Spirit's job to bring you to a place of repentance, not mine. But the point that I'm making this morning is that when one of us are given to the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life and we have a failing... It smears the entire congregation's reputation. It brings a reproach upon the entire family of God. Well, what I do with my life and what I do behind closed doors, that doesn't hurt anybody. That's a lie. Because it brings a reproach, church, upon the kingdom of God. It brings a reproach upon the people of God. 
It brings a reproach upon the, the name of God. And it's exactly why God says we are to walk this way. Proving what is pleasing to the Lord. Ephesians 5.10. Proving what is pleasing to the Lord by the way we walk. 1 John 2.6 says, The one who says he abides in me ought to himself walk in the same manner as he walks. In other words, the one who calls himself a Christian ought to walk in the same manner of Jesus Christ. We ought to imitate him. Amen? We ought to imitate his speech. We ought to imitate his love. We ought to imitate his patience and meekness, gentleness, kindness. We ought to imitate Jesus Christ in the way that we treat others. The way we respond to our Father, we ought to imitate him, church. Remember Jesus said this as I wind this down. He said, if anyone is to come after me, they must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. They must walk in my footsteps, Jesus was saying. And here's what I want us to clearly understand because this is the most important part of my message. You cannot walk in Jesus' footsteps without his cross upon your back. You can't walk like Jesus. You can't talk like Jesus. You can't imitate Jesus. Unless you're bearing the cross of Jesus. You see, the reality is something happens to our footsteps when we have the cross of Jesus Christ upon our back. Something happens to our thought process and our pattern of speech and the way that we think and the way that we treat others when we have the cross of Jesus Christ upon our back. It's exactly how we walk in the same manner as Jesus walked. It's by carrying the cross of Jesus Christ. And let me explain. Please understand that Jesus didn't just carry the cross from Pilate's Hall to Golgotha's Hill. He carried it, the Bible teaches me, from the foundation of the earth. You see, what you need to understand, the Bible calls him the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the earth. From the beginning of time, Jesus carried the cross. When he stepped off of his throne in glory, he was carrying his cross. When he was born in the little town of Bethlehem in a ruddy little manger, he was already carrying the cross. Every step that he took in life was under the weight of the cross. Everything he did, every word that he spoke, he spoke under, please grasp this, under the weight of Calvary's cross. And the only way that you and I can ever be like Jesus and the only way we can ever walk in his footsteps, church, or deserve to even step in the same footprints that he has left behind on earth is with the cross of Jesus Christ upon our shoulders. You see, Jesus' footprints and footsteps in life had an impact on those that were around him, had an impact on society, had an impact in this world. And the only way that you and I will ever have that impact is with the cross of Jesus Christ draped over our back and laid upon our heart, church. It's the only way. When you carry the cross of Christ, you walk differently. While you're carrying the cross of, of grace, you're carrying the cross of mercy, you're carrying the cross of that awesome sacrifice, church, you talk differently. You walk differently under the weight of that cross, church. Let me give you an example. In Luke 23, 26, it says, Now as they led him away, meaning Jesus, they laid hold of a certain man, Simon a Cyrenian, and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. Man, I could preach a sermon on that all by itself. But the only point that I want to make is that I promise you, after that encounter, after this certain man from Cyrene carried the cross of Jesus Christ for even just a moment, 
He never walked the same again. After he felt, I wish I had a cross. After he felt the weight of God's mercy. After he felt the weight of God's grace upon his shoulders. After he understood the the great sacrifice that God made for all of us, even while we were yet sinners, when he touched the blood that was upon that cross, he never walked the same again. Never. When you encounter the cross of Christ, when it is placed upon your shoulders, it changes the way that you walk. Changes the way you live your life. The reason so many of us struggle is because we've never felt the weight of His mercy. Never felt the weight of His grace upon our heart and upon our shoulders, church. Never felt the weight of that awesome sacrifice that He made. Please listen, something happens to our walk under the weight of the cross of Jesus Christ. The truth is there are places we won't go when we're bearing the cross of Jesus. There's things we won't do when we're bearing the cross of Jesus. There's there's words that won't come out of our mouth when we're bearing the cross of Jesus, His mercy and His grace upon our back. You can't commit adultery when you've got the cross of Christ upon your back. You can't sleep around and give yourself away when you have the cross of Jesus Christ upon your back. You can't shoot up your veins or snort something up your nose when you have the cross of Jesus Christ upon your back. When you feel the weight of what He did for you, church, we cannot do it. We won't sit down in the middle of the dark and and allow our eyes to look upon unclean things called pornography. When we have the weight of His cross laying upon our heart, church, there's things that we won't do with the weight of an old wooden cross of grace pressing upon our hearts, church. These things only happen when we aren't carrying the cross. These things only happen when we put the cross down. I hope you're getting this, church. We cannot and will not satisfy the desires of the flesh with the cross of Christ upon our back. But the sad reality is far too often we take the cross off and we lay it down so that we can go joy the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. We have to lay the cross down in order to gossip. Do you understand that, church? When you get on the phone and you start yapping about Billy Sue and Bobby Joe, do you hear this? Do you hear that? You know where the cross is? It's lying on the floor instead of on your back. When you begin to slander individuals, when you begin to speak all sorts of evil against them, When you allow the spirit of greed to control your spending and control your lifestyle, guess where the cross is? It's laying down. It's not on your back. Something happens. Something happens to our walk when we have the cross of Jesus Christ upon our back. So I believe with all of my heart that it's time for God's people to pick up the cross, church. It's time, I close with this, with the, for the weight of the cross to deepen, turn on these lights down here, to deepen our footprints of purity. It's time for us to allow the weight of the cross to deepen the footprints of righteousness in our lives. You see, when you're bearing the weight of God's mercy and you're bearing the weight of God's grace and you understand the sacrifice that He made for you and you're, you're bearing that on your shoulders, it, it causes your footprints in life to be established in purity and to be established in righteousness and to be established in truth, to be established in holiness. This is why God is calling us to walk this morning. 
not according to the lust of the flesh, not according to the ways of the world, but I'm calling you to walk this way. What does this way mean? It means with the cross of Jesus Christ upon your back. Walk in His mercy. Walk in His grace. Don't walk according to the law. I'm not preaching the law to you this morning. I'm preaching grace because it is only grace that enables you and empowers you to to walk deeper in purity and deeper in righteousness. Every step, every step Jesus took was filled with purity. Every step that He took was filled with holiness. Every step that He took was filled with righteousness, church. And Jesus is saying, I want you to walk in those footsteps. But the only way you can is with the cross upon your back. The only way your footprints in life will ever have an impact The only way your footprints in life will ever make a difference in your life, in your family's life, in your marital life, in your neighborhood, and in your workplace is with the cross of Jesus Christ upon your back. How many of you want the imprints of purity and righteousness to be deeper in your life? If that's you, I'm going to ask that you stand to your feet because here's how we're going to end. You see, I'm not here to air your dirty laundry. I'm not here to point out sexual impurity or impurity or unrighteousness. The question that the Holy Spirit is simply asking this morning for each and every one of us is how many of you want the imprints of purity and righteousness to be deeper in your life? How many of you want to walk pleasing to the Father? If that's you, whatever our Pastor Chad might be able to sing as an example, God, today I'm going to take up the cross. Today I need the cross like never before to deepen the imprints of purity and righteousness in my life. I wish I had a thousand crosses that I could lay across the front here and call you to come and pick them up. I don't have that, but here's what the Holy Spirit is asking. If you're serious about walking in a manner that is worthy, the Holy Spirit is asking you to step out of your seat and come pick up a cross as you sing. And as you're going, as you're coming, I'm laying down this and I'm laying down that. Stripping off all of those things, God, that so easily beset me, all those things that keep me from walking All of those things that keep my footprints from being pure and righteous, God. If that's you and you want to walk in purity and you're willing to pick up your cross, please just come to the front. Thank you, sister. If that's you, come to the front. Look, I believe this word is for every one of us. I know we can't get everyone up here. But if you want to be established, if you want to be pleasing to Him, we've got just a few minutes. We're going to sing a song and just say, God, I'm laying it down and I'm picking up your cross. Amen. Come on, sing. Join. Come. Come, church. Lord, I give you control. Yes. Give it all away. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit smmcog.com.